Good morning, everybody. Today I have a lovely podcast for you. Miss Wendy Katz, who is a shamanic counselor, is going to be speaking to you today, and she's going to teach you about her many modalities of healing. I don't know about you, but I have never heard of shamanic counselor before, so I'm really excited to share all this with you. You will learn today about the power of mediation for your children as well. She will share her wisdom gained over the years from a teacher and the Shabbat tradition of Kashmir Shavasim. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> and how she can help you tap into your greatest teacher of all, which is right inside you. So please welcome uh, Wendy Katz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smart Choices for a Happier Life, where it's a community of people working together for social good. Let's share love, peace, and let's talk. Here's your host, Pamela Chambers. All right, everybody, and good morning, Wendy. I'm so glad you're here today. Are you usually an early riser? Good morning, Pam. It's great to be here. Um, you know, I have like a sweet spot, like somewhere between like 6 and 7. Um, so usually like around 6.30. Okay, awesome. And I want to also wish everybody a happy Halloween today. Yeah, big happy Halloween. I read an article the other day that said 18% of Americans believe in ghosts. That's interesting. I know, I thought it was. Do you have any thoughts on that? I believe in ghosts. Yeah. I've actually seen a couple. Oh, really? Yeah, and my daughter said she's seen three. Huh. Um, when you say you conversation, <laughs> by the way. Um, when you say you've seen ghosts, like, do they look like people in physical form, or do they look like, um, like, kind of wispy, or, like, more, like, are they full, fully built out, fully, like, clear, like, like a person, or? No, it was sort of an outline of a form. Interesting. More of a people form, though, a human form. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I've had, I've had some very, um, I've seen them both ways. Like, I've, I've actually had to stop in my tracks because I thought, thought they were people. They were so lifelike. Um, that's happened just a few times. And then, and then I've seen, had more experiences like, like you're talking about as well. Yeah, so it's kind of a great, uh, your, your interest in your alternative ways of healing, I think, is kind of a great topic for Halloween. It, <laughs> it's, it could be, for sure. It absolutely could be. And, and navigating the spirit world um, is definitely something to do with, um, with intention. I guess is the right word to say because there are, I believe there are definitely spirit beings um, that wander around, you know, and so not all spirit beings have your best interests at heart. Right. In some ways, too, it's using the less scientific and more of the spiritual way to heal ourselves is some of the techniques you use. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. And, and just for my audience, Wendy and I have known each other actually for a while, but just recently got acquainted. Yes. She is my fabulous yoga instructor, <laughs> and she works over at the Village Health Club at Ganey Ranch, which, by the way, is a fabulous place, 
And she's a great yoga instructor. And the village also has a great hot yoga studio with great instructors. And I just love that place. How do you like working there? Yeah, me too. I love it. It's um, it's an amazing place. I've taught at a lot of studios around town. And um, when I landed at Ganey, it was it was just kind of like coming home. I, I love the community. Um, it's, you know, it's not what people might think of as a traditional yoga studio because it's got the full gym and the spa and, and the salon and all of that. But um, it's it's just got this wonderful community vibe and it's been so nice to get to know not only my students but their spouses and their children and it's just really a great environment to be in we have amazing teachers a lot of wonderful wonderful unique teachers over there so I think it's it's a pretty amazing place to be well can you tell us a little bit about how yoga transformed your life Wendy I guess I was probably kind of your typical person coming into yoga. Maybe your typical person coming to yoga. I think I think some people probably come to yoga because they feel really called. Um, I didn't come to yoga because I felt really called to it or drawn to it. A friend of mine actually kind of talked me into going to a class. And at the time, I was teaching spinning and doing Pilates, and I... I came from a really athletic background growing up. Growing up as a kid, I was a competitive tennis player, and so I kind of thought yoga was just about sitting around. And at the time, I really didn't know that that was a part of who I was. And so it took her a, a while, about three weeks, to get me to come into a class. But but my first class, um, I totally fell in love. As cliche as it sounds. Um, and I don't think I've ever stopped going to yoga for more than a couple days since then. And that was about five and a half, six years ago. Um, but the thing of it for me was I kind of delved into it really quickly. And literally, like I started teaching just my friends at first. And then I got asked to start teaching in a studio before I had my certification. And, um, it, it just, I delved into it really quickly and I was so drawn to, to learning and to the experience that it took me really quickly through the physical and kind of into the spiritual part of it. And that, when I started really like becoming curious about meditation and on um, how the yoga works on the energy and the body, it opened me up into becoming more curious about meditation first and then energy work and some of these other healing modalities that now have become, had become my life. But the, but the other piece of that was, um, that through, through, as I started practicing some things in my life that I felt were pretty stable, like my career, um, started to show me that they weren't a fit for me anymore. And I think that's part of what happens with yoga is, is that it, it really takes you to look deeper at all aspects of your life. And I really ended up taking my entire life apart um, over the course of, of those five years, multiple times, um, career, relationship, where I was living, everything, everything, really. Um, and 
that's part of the yoga, and and I, and I, it's a, been a really beautiful gift because now I feel like I get to live this amazing life that I could not have even dreamed of at the time, where I get to do work that is so satiating for my soul and see people transform in front of me and and just have an amazing life that they only dreamed of. So it's I never thought when I walked into that first yoga class. If that's what I was signing up for, <laughs> but, but I'm so glad I did. Yeah, it kind of gets us in touch with more of our inner callings, I think. Yeah, totally. I think when you, I mean, just the process now, now being a really advocated meditator and a, um, someone who gets to teach meditation, like I think just the process of coming into your breath so many times in our life, like I see so many people, you know, who don't even take a deep breath, like allow them to have, to have that experience of really feeling what's going on inside their body and therefore their heart, their soul, um, because it's all, it's all connected. And when you slow down and you start to take those deep breaths and you start to listen, you might start to hear things that, that you didn't know were, were really calling you or really a part of who you were. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I know when we were talking in the locker room, she shared, you know, Wendy talked to me about shamanic counseling. And I myself have never heard of it before. I've been in the business as far as therapy and counseling for, let's say, about 20 years. So I was kind of, it was kind of fun to learn more about it. So can you share with my audience a little bit about shamanic counseling? What is that about? Absolutely. So it might be good to just um, kind of tell people a little bit about shamanism and what a shaman is in general because uh, a lot of people I think have heard the term but they're like yeah I'm not exactly sure what that means um, so shamans are just basically the oldest and um, most ancient it's it's the most ancient form of healing um, basically in the world and it's it started in tribal cultures all across the world and um, you know, the shamans were the people in the tribe that, that you went to for healing. And that might look something more like what we consider like energy work today, more than like dispensing of herbs and medicines and stuff. It was, it was more about working with your soul because they believed that when you were experiencing a physical disease or disease, that there was something emotional, spiritual going on in your in your in your life in your body that was causing that disease to manifest so the shamans were the people that that you would go to and shaman literally translates into like one who sees in the dark because the shamans would travel to the spirit world to commune with the spirit world and or commune with your soul like you can call it so you know this is kind of the traditional dialogue but i think it translates into something that is really applicable for most people, and that is that we experience discomfort in our in our physical body most of the time when we have some other stress or emotion or major transition going on underneath in our soul. And so the journey is to travel to your soul or to your guides to get insight into that, what's going on. So shamanic counseling specifically, um, it's funny, the name, it kind of sounds like you would combine shamanism and counseling um, together, but what it actually is, is it was developed by this guy named Michael Harner, and 
he was a very scientific guy. He was an anthropologist. And he kind of started um, having these unique experiences that led him to go travel all around the world to the different tribes. And he wanted to see what it was about all these different tribal cultures that had been using these techniques for thousands and thousands of years. But he wanted to take this stuff that was universal. So if you take what one tribe would do versus another tribe or one tribe believed in out of it and their own kind of personal attachments to, to their um, techniques and ways of healing, if you just take those parts out of it and you take, take this stuff that cuts right down the middle and seem to work universally, he created something called core shamanism. So that's what core shamanism is, and it, it kind of approaches, ironically, the spiritual from a more scientific perspective. And so I really love that about it. And he developed this technique called um, shamanic counseling. And basically in shamanic counseling, instead of a client coming to me as their guide and saying, hey, I'm worried about this or I'm... I need to do a soul retrieval around this, or I have this part of me that's that needs healing, or that I'm I'm concerned about, and then myself going and talking to my guides and journeying on their behalf to find out the answers and guide them that way. What it does is it empowers clients to have the experience themselves. So clients would come to me, and it's a very specific modality. Um, using like a, a recorded audio of a drum um, and that drum creates a certain um, somatic conditioning it, it takes people into journey space so they can have the experience themselves of going and talking to their guides and develop that confidence so that in the future if some other issue or something is is concerning them in their life they can take that journey themselves. So to me, that was the most amazing thing about shamanic counseling is that it, it's self-empowering. And my goal in all my work that I do is to really give the autonomy over to the people that I work with. Gotcha. So what, what, how has it helped people? I mean, what have you seen as far as what it's done for people and how has it helped them? Um, it's just, to me, the biggest thing is it gives them... It gives them confidence in their inner world. It gives them confidence in their spiritual world. And, and when, you, when you have that, so I think a lot of, the thing about a lot of religion today is that people don't feel like they have a personal connection to it. They don't feel where it's like, they might, they might enjoy the community or they might, they might feel like they connect to the values but there's no internal feeling. There's no internal connection to it. And, and that's certainly not true of all, of all religions by any means. And I hope people have a different experience in that. But to me, the spiritual is really about finding, finding that space within, that guidance within, and, and understanding you know, that, that divinity really is within you. And so it's incredible to watch people connect to that place inside of them that they didn't know they had. And that sounds, that might sound really funny. Um, but especially I work in recovery a lot and, um, and 
I, I mean, I, I see this in everybody from, from recovering addicts to, like, you name it, I've worked the full spectrum of, you know, to people that are really upper class, you know, owners of sports teams locally in the area. And it's the same thing across the board. Like, having, watching that light bulb moment of them where they had the, the visceral experience of feeling that they had this bigger part of them, that they had this soul, um, it is like, it's like the light bulb going on. It's, it's their connection to their own guidance. And so that, that is the biggest thing that I see is it's like, it's kind of like watching someone going from stumbling around in a dark, you can imagine like a warehouse, you know, and someone has a flashlight and they're using that flashlight and they get to see bits and pieces, you know, in their life. But then someone turns on the lights and they can see the whole thing. Yeah. And that's kind of what it, that's kind of what it, it's, it's like. People have this confidence in their own internal guidance. And to me, that can be a total game changer for your whole life. Right. And when you talk about religion and them not feeling a connection, sometimes I think, you know, when you go to church, they're talking about, you know, connecting to God. But I think what you're saying is, is God's direction can be from within you and tapping into that place within you is a way to see more clearly maybe the gifts you've received from God, maybe some directions and gifts that he's given you as far as where to go in your life. Absolutely. And then, you know, every day when I sit down, I, I start my day connecting to that, that bigness within me. And it, it's just a totally, it does so much. I mean, it allows you to transcend the like sort of energetic chaos around you. We talk about that in yoga a lot. Um, that, that center. And like, I mean, you said it really beautifully. It's a, it's a visceral feeling. And so to have that feeling, like I'll have clients say to me, like, wow, that's a, it's a feeling. I feel it. And that is so, it's so, for people to have that proprioceptual, that tactile experience is empowerment. And, and there's nothing, like, the more people we have walking around knowing their capacity, knowing that they're here on purpose, like, that's the stuff that gets you through the hard times. It's the stuff that really allows you to celebrate the amazing, also the miracles in the small things in life. Right. I mean, even in the scriptures, it says, I think it's in book Luke, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. And (laughs) beautiful. I love it. Thank you for that. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I think of when I think of shamanic counseling. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the ability to connect with your purpose, to connect because I believe that God gives us all gifts and certain strengths that we have that allow us to contribute to others. And that gift we can find through the shamanic counseling. You know, we get Absolutely. a clearer, clearer picture. Absolutely. I love that. And, and, and so to me, like all this stuff, shamanic counseling was so incredible to find for me specifically um, for that reason. Meditation does the same thing, but I think sometimes meditation can be really daunting for people. Um, so this is just another way for for people to have that experience 
and, and develop that confidence in that feeling. I agree. Are you typing or anything, Wendy? Because I can just no. hear a little bit of clicking, and I wasn't sure what the clicking noise was on your side. It might be from just a bad connection or something. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll go on. But have you ever worked shamanic counseling with children? Um, not really. The youngest I've ever done it with it'd be about 16 and and I'll tell you I'll tell you the belief around that when so when I was taught through the school through the Harner school um one thing about the school is because it's core shamanism it's kind of like the more scientific approach they they like to impose some things that they feel like are are pretty strict guidelines around it and I've I've learned that like you know, life is this beautiful balance of bringing your intuition and, and making the decisions that you need to make with those guidelines in mind, but then your own experience. And one of the things that they say, and I, I believe this to an extent, but um, is that, you know, when children come into the world, they're really connected. So babies, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, and depending on your belief, like, you know, we come from spirit, right? So when we come into this life, we've just come from that, that connection in, a, in and that, that place of, of being really connected to our bigness and to, to all the magic of the universe. And so the thought process is that when, when children are little, um, they already have that connection to the spirit world and to their internal guidance. And, and, and that's why like so many times you see kids who have imaginary quote unquote imaginary friends, you know, they, they, they're, and their imaginations are so vivid. Um, so what in, in the Harner school they teach you is that kids up until a certain age are learning how to be in this world. So they're learning kind of the, the rules and the regulations and the laws um, that we need to live by to be grounded in this world and to be grounded in our bodies would be, would be my way of saying that, to connect your soul and your body in this physical incarnation. So they don't recommend that you teach children how to journey in this way because they, they feel like that they already know how to do it. And... So up until a certain point, maybe around like 10 or 11, I, I think I think right around that age, kids can probably handle handle that. And so, so my personal opinion about it is that I think it's really a beautiful thing to teach children to stay connected to that guidance that they come in with. So many kids are taught that what they're seeing or what they're believing isn't real. And so they turn off their abilities. They turn off kind of their psychic abilities or their gnosis, which is like clear knowing. Um, and they kind of turn, turn down the volume on their imagination. I get clients all the time who are like, I can't, I don't have the ability of visualization. Like when you talk about visualizing something, I don't have that. And, and it's real easy to, um, to kind of reestablish their confidence in that. There are a couple, couple little 
great tools that we go through, but they, they are, we're taught, we're conditioned by our society to turn off this connection to the spirit world and to our guidance. Um, as crazy as it sounds, we have made it sound crazy to believe in some of these things. Um, so I, I personally think that it's something I would be open to. I just haven't in particular had anyone yet come to me and say, um, I specifically want to do shamanic counseling with my children. I've had people come and say, I'd like you to teach my kids to meditate, you know, or can you work with me in in more of a, a spiritual coaching way with my children to help keep them, keep them connected. Um, and how has the meditation helped for the children? Oh my gosh. It's well, I mean, the biggest thing I think for children with meditation and, and you see it like even, um, there's a woman named Elena Brower who has made a big push in New York to get, um, meditation into schools. And you see, like, you'll see yoga, you know, a lot of my friends who have little kids, they'll do yoga in preschools and stuff. Um, but I think just the ability to, to calm down, to have tools to start to understand like the shifts and changes in their energy and their emotions. And um, that's the biggest thing. It's like, oh, they have this tool. They can sit down and, and, and kind of empower themselves, you know, so they're not like, oh, what's going on? I'm, I'm running around like crazy one minute and then I'm tired the next minute. It, it just allows them to have this, this thing. So I kind of, I'm kind of visualizing like a preschool room with kids running everywhere, you know? And, and so it gives a child a tool that if things are crazy and today, so many kids, so many kids, there's just so much, um, kind of turmoil that kids experience at a younger age with so much more technology, with cell phones, with divorce rates, with, um, just they they get caught. I think kids get caught in our turmoil a lot in our in our stuff a lot. So giving them the ability or the practice, teaching them that they can just sit down for kids, maybe turn on a little bit of music if that's available, and just teaching them a couple like basic breathing exercises like that they can slow their heart rate, they can calm things down, and they can kind of step out of the chaos is so beautiful to watch. Yeah, I think it's so powerful because I think it's really powerful in in reducing anger, anger outbursts. Yeah, that's that's a huge – and like – Okay, so what? So why are probably most kids experiencing anger? They're picking up, they're empathing the energy around them, right? Like at at such a small age, or maybe they're frustrated because they can't they can't do something yet, or they can't figure something out yet. Um, but I think most of the time for kids, it's it's really about like those thin veils between of what's going on around them and not knowing how to navigate that energy yet. Not, not really having the ability to just walk out of a room. You know, you think about it, if we're feeling uncomfortable, if our kind of body is giving us signals that a space or a place or a person is not a good thing for us to be around in that moment, we can get up and walk away or drive away or leave and kids don't, don't really have that 
that ability, you know? Right. And I think we all need to develop the ability to self-soothe. Totally. That's a beautiful way of saying it. Yeah, because we can't expect others to calm our emotions and look for others to fix it. You no, know. but people do all the time, and, and this is the perfect, so to me, this all roots back to like, okay, what have we been trained, what have we been taught? We've been taught to look for a spirit, to look for divinity, to look for God outside of ourselves, and and same thing, we've been taught to look for soothing, for comfort outside of ourselves, so we pick up the phone, we pick up a candy bar, we pick up a cup of coffee, like we pick up something outside of ourselves instead of just taking a deep breath. It can be that simple as taking one deep breath, you know, and, and that can like transform a moment. Um, of course, in miracles, Marianne Williamson, um, wrote a book called a return to love. And it's a summary of a course in miracles. And, and in that book, it says, um, a miracle is a change in perception. Mm. And it's true. Like, just that one breath, one moment to change your perception, that's a miracle. Like literally it can change your whole experience. It can change your day, it can change your life. Right. A one, one breath can get us out of that fight or flight syndrome sometimes totally. and get us back into touch with our heart and our soul, I say. Yeah, that's beautiful. And like I had a, I have a client, um, I worked with him for a little while and he was having some, he got, he was, he was got, his doctor actually wrote him a prescription to come see me, which I thought was amazing. He's a pretty high profile guy in town, um, with one of the sports teams and, um, he was having some, um, some medical issues. And um, so he's a doctor actually prescribed in addition to some allopathic things that he was doing. He was like, the biggest thing I'm going to tell you is that you need to go do yoga and meditation. And he literally, I mean, he came to me after he was really dedicated to it. Um, and that was really super cool because he really, really wanted to turn around the health things that was going on in his life. And so he came to me and he said, just after a couple weeks of doing this, that, you know, he would be in an office situation. He would be in a meeting and he, he would see people just reacting around him. And instead of in the past where he would kind of get pulled into that energy and that energy has its own momentum, you know, it wants to pull you in. It wants to engage you. He would just, he's like, all I would do is just take a breath and it was like I could just pull myself right out of this energy of the situation and I could look at it. Then I could then I could see it clearly. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that stuff. Yeah. It was so cool to just to just see it see it's so cool to see it seeping into you know all areas, all walks of life life. It it really doesn't discriminate, you know. <laughs> That soul connection does not discriminate. Oh, how lovely. Now, I, one more topic I would love to learn more about, Wendy, that you do. Tell me a little bit about plant, or tell everybody here a little bit about your plant wisdom. And, you know, how... <laughs> um, sure. So, in my, along this journey of, of um, opening up to more of the spirit world, it me back to um, when I was a kid I loved to be in nature I loved to be outside and um, 
I've lived in cities for a while and I kind of got away from that. And so I started spending more time in Sedona and it just, I, I don't even know exactly. I think I really just came across a, a like a training on the internet and I was like, yes, I'm going to do that. And it happened to be at a farm. Um, so I went, I went for the week to a farm. My first plant teacher, who's still a dear friend and a, and a teacher of mine, um, he has a farm in the Superstition Mountains, and um, he grows all organic food, raises chickens and ducks and turkeys, and um, and he he teaches. Basically, his story is that he. Um, when he was like 16, he was just curious about living out in the desert and his friends, he would literally have his friends drop him off in the desert with just a knife. And and his he, he was like, I'm going to learn how to survive in the desert. And he would do this like in July in Phoenix, you know, and go for a week or whatever. And he would go out there and he literally, he'd get sick and he'd have to figure out how to get himself better based on the plants, the plant medicine. And so I kind of feel like he did that so we don't have to. Wow. <laughs> you know, his, his, his best friend is a, happens to be, I didn't know this at the time when I found the program, but he's, he's a, another teacher of mine, a healer in town, and he always says that Peter did that so we don't have to. Um, but, yeah, it's so, – so we – if you look outside your window, we have all this medicine – around us all the time and again back to that to the to the tribal and kind of ancient way of doing things um you know back in the day the plants were the medicine and so pharmaceutical companies actually were created on the premise of mimicking the capacity of plants plants were our first medicine so pharmaceutical companies drugs medication um, when they were created, something between like 70 and 90% of the, the pharmaceutical companies um, used, uh, 70 to 90% of their product was plant-derived. Now it's like 10%. So that means that, that the companies are, are using laboratories to mimic the abilities that the plants have. So... To me, it's like, well, I'd rather, I want to go back to and – and like you, I see so many issues with the medication and, and especially with children, you know. It's like children and young people, and I see it in recovery all the time. It's like, oh, let's, let's just prescribe this medication, and then they have this side effect. And so for that side effect, they give them another medication, and – and that medication has another side effect, and it's making them depressed. So let's give them this medication. Before you know it, they're on five prescription medications, and and they're convinced that they're dependent on those. And I am by no means prescribing people to get off of their medication without seeing a physician. But uh, I, I think that there are so many. I've had so many beautiful experiences. With um, with plant medicine, which is really the foundation of our entire our entire medical system, and so um, being able to use what's around us, what nature has created, this incredible abundance of solutions right in our backyard.
um, and knowing how to use that and being able to just be out in nature and, and reconnect to nature and all of the lessons that Mother Nature has to teach us um, through the process of, of learning about those plants and connecting to those plants um, and share it with, with clients. It's so cool. It does so much more than like giving someone a Tylenol. Right, with a lot less side effects. Totally, totally. And, and so maybe next time, instead of reaching for a Tylenol, they're like, oh, I remember when Wendy taught me blah, 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 blah. Or I remember when I read this article about that. I'm going to go try that first instead. Right. Um, or I'm going to call, call Wendy and see it. And then, like, yesterday I delivered some, some herbal remedies to a client who is having um, – she had thought she got stung by something, um, and yet it was a week later, and she still had a, a pretty severe reaction going on on her shoulder, like as though she had been stung yesterday. And so I brought her some some herbs to help flush it out. She just she was just like, I just want to make sure the toxins and the poison are, are out of my body, um, and. Uh, she, it just, like, it was just so cool to see her, her excitement, and I think, I think people get really excited about, um, about working with, with nature. It kind of turns on something in them that makes them maybe believe in the magic of the universe again. Yeah, we're all connected, you know, everything's connected. Things, people, plants, we're all connected. Absolutely. And the greatest pharmacy we have is in the body, and the greatest pharmacy we have is in nature. Uh, totally. Yeah. And now, do you now do you hold workshops, Wendy? Um, I do. I hold work and I just wanted to say one more thing since I know you work with a lot of um children and families and um I think Plant, like one way to really turn children on to plant medicine is um, it's kind of it can be kind of like getting kids to take medication in general like they don't want to do it you know and so one of the vehicles that we have um, for 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 delivering medicine into the body is honey and raw honey you, you want raw honey not so if it's heated up it, it kills a lot of the the good qualities that actually make honey a medicine in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, but you can use the honey as a delivery system. So you can literally like take honey and like drip it down a piece of wax paper and sprinkle like the herbs in it and, and let it dry a little bit and then roll the honey down and it creates these like little um, honey balls that, that contain the medicine in it. And then, and then it's, it's like, kids kind of it's like a treat you know but they're also they feel better when they take it they're experiencing the effects of the medicine and they feel better so they want that but it also kind of makes it this more playful youthful thing and and so they like being a part of that process so there's just it's just plant medicine can be a really beautiful thing to engage your whole family in because kids can definitely be a part of their own their own healing. Ooh, I love that. Making it fun for them. Yeah, totally. Totally, totally. Um, so workshops, yes. Um, 
generally, most of the workshops I've been doing recently have been in Sedona. Um, I do a big semi-annual workshop. It's been semi-annual. We're not sure this year how many times we're going to do it. We're kind of, we just formed um, a board for it, and it's, it's kind of a big project. So we created this, this council of women um, around it. But the biggest, the biggest workshop that I do is in Sedona. It's a week-long workshop. It's called Wings, Women Inspired by Nature and Gentle Sharing. And it's held on this incredible sacred land um, that my friend happens to live on. It's about four and a half acres in Sedona. And the, the goal is, is exactly what we've been talking about, for women to remember their own self-empowerment, their own soul purpose, um, and be inspired, really inspired and turned on to take that, that energy back into their community and live in this really big way so that they can then inspire the people around them. And every year we have um, different people come and and facilitate um, or present on different topics. Everything from like fermented food and raw chocolate to um, time massage, uh, shamanic counseling, seed envisioning hypnotherapy, like you name it, we do it, journaling, like soul journaling or soul writing, um, music is a huge part of it, there's there's a lot of singing and, and playing of music, so that one is just for women, um, and it's, it's, that's kind of more of a retreat that, that I do, um, but I would love to do more workshops, and I think that's coming in the local community. So it would be super cool to do something with you, Pam. I know. I'd love it. It'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people go and find more information about you and your work, Wendy? So the best place right now for people to find me is just through Facebook. Um, I use my Facebook mostly to educate people about, like, or to, to let people know about, you know, events, workshops I might be doing, classes I'm teaching, um, I play drum in a gong healing, so if they want to learn about that, um, it's like a gong meditation. Um, they can learn about that. Um, my website is currently under construction, hoping to be completed in the next week or two. Um, and they can find my website. So the website um, is going to be under, I think, wendycats.com. W-E-N-D-Y-K-A-T-Z.com or through my herbal company, which is loveseedsherbals.com. Awesome, awesome. So both will direct you to just, the the websites will be one so you can get all the information in one spot. Right, and I want everybody to remember too, on my website, PamelaChambers.com, there will also be show notes and I'll have links you know, to take you to Wendy and things like that. So it'll be easier for you guys to find her. That's awesome. And same thing through my website. Um, People will be able to find out more information about working with Pam. I think it's so, I was so touched. Like I think Pam and I definitely just had this like resonant um, kind of soul connection and, and way of seeing the world. But it's so cool to me for my, for my clients as well to have someone in the family counseling arena who 
is open to really looking at, at different technologies and different unique ways of approaching a situation. Uh, because we're all different, and we all we all we all need different tools and different things to inspire us. So I really appreciate the direction that you come at it from Pam, and and hope that that some of the people who come to see me will will be inspired to come chat with you as well. I know I love the reciprocal and the energy when I met you. It's just so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Totally agree. It's very mutual. All right. Well, thank you so much, Wendy, for coming on and sharing with my audience all the gifts that have been bestowed on you. Oh, thank you, Pam. It's really like, it's a pleasure for me. So I really appreciate you putting this together. All right, my dear. Well, goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Talk to you soon, Pax. Thanks, Pam. Okay. Bye. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. The show notes, resources, and links will be on the blog on my website at PamelaChambers.com. Also, please sign up for my newsletter, and you can receive my resources for free for my five favorite apps in helping your child develop their emotional IQ. Thanks so much for spending time with me and Wendy Katz. Looking forward to seeing you again. Until then, keep listening for smart choices for a happier family life. Love, peace, and let's talk. This is Pamela Chambers at PamelaChambers.com, signing off. Thanks for listening to Smart Choices for a Happier Life at PamelaChambers.com. Wishes for you to have a blessed day. Wishes for you to have a blessed day.